Uh, my name's Stephen, and I'm uh, one of the leaders here. I'm actually the site leader here at this site, and it's my privilege to be taking us through the next part of our series about hearing God. Larissa, at the beginning of our meeting, mentioned resolutions. And I thought I might just tell you, I just have two uh, for this year. I quite like resolutions as it happens, and I've got some kind of resolutions and goals in my life, but I've got two New Year's resolutions, and uh, they are, first one is eat more healthy. And uh, I think that's quite a standard. A lot of people would have that one. And uh, I think the last six months of 2019 were kind to me. And uh, so I think I just need to work a bit harder on my healthy eating. And uh, number two is uh, make a new flavor of ice cream each week. (laughs) Those of you laughing will notice that those two things are slightly at odds with each other. Uh, I got an ice cream maker uh, for Christmas. uh, And my my favorite food is ice cream. And uh, when I opened the present, I was a bit like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to make it, I want to eat it. Uh, but I have actually quite enjoyed the process, and so I am making a new flavour of ice cream each week and uh, thoroughly enjoying that, which means that one of my resolutions is going well, the other, not so much. Uh, but that's, my resolutions are not the thing I'm most excited about in 2020. I'm most excited about our, not new, but our fresh emphasis upon prayer and on hearing God. And as an eldership, we were discussing this uh, kind of uh, last term, or October, November time. Now, what would it look like for us to, as a church to freshly uh, seek God? Uh, one of those things was Big Wednesday, uh, which was this last Wednesday. Who was at Big Wednesday? Loads of you, loads and loads. I had the room was packed, absolutely rammed, full of people from across our uh, both services, across our five locations, uh, coming to worship God, seek Him together. One or two of the prophetic in the room, and lots of opportunities just to intercede for some things as well. And we just loved doing that, and we've got five more opportunities to do that over the rest of the year. But our Big Wednesdays are not the only outworking of our fresh desire to know more of God. Actually, we want that to be in every day, in our small groups, in our individual lives, in our households, in our church, in our mission. Everywhere, seeking to hear what is it that God is saying, how is he leading us. And that is why we've put this series at the beginning of the year, five, uh, five sermons in a row about hearing God in different settings and different ways. And so this is talk number three. And if you haven't heard the first two, I would love to encourage you to go back and listen to them. Uh, the first week, Glenn spoke about getting into God's word. And man, do we bang on about the God's word. We love it. It is our lifeline. It is God speaking directly to us. And then last week, Joel spoke to us about hearing God for ourselves. And that uh, hearing God, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, might sound uh, like a weird thing, hearing voices from an invisible being. But the Bible tells us, and history tells us, it's a very, very normal part of being made by God and being, living in communication, in, in communion with Him. And uh, we should be more expectant that that's the case. But Joel, however, gave a bit of a spoiler away for this week, though. He said, as much as we want to hear God for ourselves, hearing God are you, and uh, kind of the, the thing of our age is to think about ourselves and how things are through the lens of ourselves. But actually, hearing God is not a solo endeavor. It's something we do in community. And so this morning, we're going to look at that. What does it look like to hear God within our households, in our homes, in the communities that we find ourselves in. 
We're not going to be looking at the church per se in the larger sense of family and community. We're going to be looking at that next week. But looking at who is it that you do life with? Who is it that you do life with? And how do you involve hearing God every day in that? Which, when you consider the statistics of households and homes in our nation and our city, you may wonder why we're doing it at all. It says that since the last census, 3.8%, there are 3.8% more single-person households. More and more people just live by themselves. So I said, I just cut this talk out, just go back to the last ones, hearing God for you. But the reality is that that may be true, but all of us do do life with other people. And so we're going to broaden the definition to not just the people under our roof, but the people we do life with. And that might be your immediate family. Maybe you've got a family who live nearby or you're in close contact with them. But often it's just the people that maybe it's housemates, maybe it's people in work, maybe people in social gatherings, maybe it's people that you do life with online. But there's a sense of household that's broader than just the nuclear family. In fact, we live in a time in history where our view of what home is, is very small compared to other places in the world and other times in history. And we'll have a look at that in a moment. But we are to be those that when we receive the blessing of God, which is what hearing God is, it's a blessing, we don't become like puddles. So I imagine it. When we're blessed, when we receive blessings, we're not to be just stagnant water, kind kind of collecting in the pavement. No, we're to be roaring, living rivers of God. Where blessing comes in, blessing flows out. And when God blesses us, when we hear from him, that we then speak out to others, that they might be blessed as well. So to help us with that, uh, we are going to look at the book of Joel. Um, this is not written by Joel, the preacher here. I think it's worth underlining. I was once in a small group and someone said, which one of the elders was the Apostle Paul? And that's the point, none of them. Uh, no, this is a book that was written two and a half thousand years ago uh, by a guy called Joel, a prophet. And it's got a couple of things to say to us from chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. It says this. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Let me pray and have a look at this together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you're a God who speaks. You're a God who's interested in those that you have made and interested in our lives. And uh, you're very much involved. And I want to pray, let us be more aware of your involvement. Let us eagerly seek your involvement. Let's, let us eagerly seek your voice. And I thank you for many in this room who've heard your voice many times and often seek you. And God, we say thank you. There's no depths to our understanding of you. We can mine for the gems of who you are more and more. We might more wholeheartedly worship you and serve you and follow you. I want to pray too for those who maybe are struggling to hear you right now or maybe those who've never heard you. Then you might bring fresh faith this morning to believe that you are a a real God who loves and wants to engage with us, we pray. Pray, would you come and even speak to us now as I speak your words? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So yeah, these verses were written by a prophet 500 years uh, before even Jesus came. And they're describing a change. They're describing a change that's going to happen. The nation of Israel, yes, they had heard God's voice, but they'd heard it through particular people in particular ways particular men or women that God has kind of chosen to be prophets or priests in their nation. And this is describing a time where the way to God isn't going to be through particular people, but the way was going to be open to all people. 
And uh, as we read through the Bible, we see that comes to pass. In the New Testament, in a new covenant, a new season, a new age, Jesus came, he died for us, he rose again to life. And then as he went back to heaven, he said, I'm going to go away, but don't be sad. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit that he may come to you. But it's better that I go away, because it's better that you have the Holy Spirit, that he may dwell in all people, that he may become our helper, that he may come and empower us. And yes, he might help us to be filled with the power of God and that we might then have connection with God. Where there has been a chasm between man and God, Jesus has crossed that and now we can have a way to him. The way to him is open as we sung this morning. And we see the kind of the kickoff event of this in Acts chapter 2, in the day, in the, uh, day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes upon the early church. They've been locked away. Jesus has gone. They're waiting for this helper to come. And he comes in a dramatic way. The wind blowing through this building where they are. Tongues of fire appearing in the air. A filling of the Spirit. Giving them boldness and new languages to speak. New spiritual gifts. And uh, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, stands and he preaches to Jerusalem. And tells them of all that Jesus has done and all that is, on, that is coming. And he references these verses from Joel. These words are spoken uh, kind of centuries before, saying the time has come where the Spirit has come upon us and all of us can know God, whether we're male or female, whether we're young or old, servant or free, rich or poor, we can know God's voice. This was a radical departure from how the, how the people of God had understood how they could approach God. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around what it would have felt like to live back then. That the only way to God was through sacrifice, through priests. That the religious and the holy was something other, something elsewhere. We just take it for granted. I would just pray during worship. Say, like, for you to pray? Who are you to pray? Because I know all of you can now pray. You can have direct access. But what does that mean for our daily living? What does that mean for our households, for our home? Well, let's start by looking at what do we mean by household. Even in these first few verses, it gives a bit of a conception of a household. The very fact that it ranges, all kinds of people are involved who can hear God. It's very different to our experience here in the West, where a house, if it's lucky, has two generations uh, represented. But most of us, it's just, it's just people who are like us living under one roof. That's not the experience of most people through history. That's not the experience of a lot of people around the world even today. We're living quite a unique thing. And sometimes we have to kind of get out of some of our own thinking and understanding. It's also not just an abstract idea, but very real for us. Each of us does have a household. People that we do life with. That's how I want to phrase it for you. People that you do life with. Some of them are thrust upon you. You don't get to choose your parents. You don't get to choose your kids. I wouldn't choose any others than the ones I've got because they're in the room. Um, some people you do get to choose. Maybe your housemates, maybe your spouse. Some people are with you for a long time. Some people are with you for a short time. But your household, the people you're doing life with, there's some commonality of experience. Maybe the space you share. Maybe the tasks that you're working on different relationships that you have, oftentimes sharing of resources as well. And yes, it does include marriage and children, but the vision of household in the Bible goes beyond that. We see right in Genesis, yeah, it's established with a, a man and a woman and their children, but it gets bigger than that. You just look at Proverbs 31, you see this, this kind of a diligent woman 
building a household that involves other people, people who are working on her land and involved in the things that she's involved in. And not just, not just homemaking, but agriculture and commerce and trade and production. That home isn't just where you go home at the end of the day and shut the door. No, it's all of life. There's a lot to be said about the consequences of our society and the way we've made our households. That they are so individualistic, so kind of segregated from the rest of our lives. It's just a certain thing. But the Bible's view of household is much more expansive. And I'd love to, this sermon just to be about that and talk about what does your household look like? As a, as a family, we work very hard to make sure our household isn't just us, which may be surprising to you because I have one wife, oh, just, I have a wife, Emma. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't need to put one in, one in there. I wasn't defending it. Um, I have a wife and six children. And uh, life is already busy, but we want to include other people in it. And uh, we have lots of what we call uh, fake uncles, funkles, and, uh, and aunties are now, we don't say fanties because that just sounds weird, uh, but we do have fake uncles, uncles and aunties and just people who are in our lives that we love and other families that we do life with. We don't want our household just to be us. My kids need more than just me. And other people hopefully need a bit of us in their lives, hopefully as well. And the church does do that. That is what a church is. But I can't know all of you and I can't do life with all of you. And so all of us have got a choice to make. Who is it we're involved in our lives? Who are we going to grab? So my, my friend Ryan often, often sits with us. He's one of our uncles. He's away skiing this week. And we miss him. So he's, like, he's, not, he's not in our lives. He's not around for dinner this week. That kind of stuff. It means that we are gifting like mad. Gifts are a gift. And uh, so we miss him, though, when he's not here this week. And we're part of his household. He's part of ours. That kind of stuff. So who's in your household? Maybe you're missing it a bit at the moment. The reality is we do need other people. I was at Platform 9 recently. It's a, two, uh, a company that runs two co-working spaces in the city. And uh, just before Christmas, and they were just explaining to me what, what they're doing during the Christmas season. And they were having an office Christmas party. So that's a bit weird, because people come here because they work by themselves, really. They just kind of get a little space by themselves, a little desk, a little unit, that kind of thing. Uh, so they don't have to work at home, whatever their setup is. But no, 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 we want to build community. People want to feel like there's a sense of belonging there. And that's so true. Even if you don't have a large household where you are right now, all of us need other people. And it just kind of leaks out in all kinds of ways. That's why social networking, I think, in our age has gone crazy. Because people are looking for connections, aren't they? So this morning, I want you to think, if you've got an immediate family that you do live, yes, think about them. Think about a spouse. Think about your children. Think about your parents. Think about extended family. But think about the other people in your life. And then I want us to ask, look at two questions this morning. Just two points. I say two points, I mean 16 points. But mostly two points. The why and the how. Why should you bother trying to hear God for your household? Why should your household bother trying to hear God? And then how. How can we hear God together? And both of them have got eight points. Woo! It's great, we've got 16 minutes to go for it. Let's go for it. Okay, so it's a point a minute. So why? Why do you want to hear God? Well, there's lots of things we could say about it that have already been said in the other two messages. And so I'm just going to glance over them a little bit. And there's lots of things we could say in terms of the church and reaching the world. But again, we're not going to go there. We're just going to talk about your particular household. The first thing is, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to hear God and to speak his words to other people. We were made in the image of God. You and me made in the image of God to be like God to other people. And God's a speaking God who speaks words of love and encouragement and grace to other people. And we get to be his mouthpiece to other people. 
This is massive. We get to be his main agents on the earth. When you look at the Bible, you read through it. It's the story of God and people. God working through people, speaking through people. Now, at times, he just speaks directly to someone out of the heavens, speaks by angels, but his main way is through people. People speaking to people, the words of God encouragement. You can do that. You can be that. If you're a believer here this morning, you, I want to set your high expectation, expectation higher. You can be an agent of the Lord in other people's lives. Number two, it builds up and encourages. Life is hard. Amen? Amen. Amen. Life is tough. And if your life isn't tough yet, it's going to get tough at some point. That's life. Jesus told us it was going to get tough. And therefore, we need encouragement. We need help. We need others to come alongside. And we need people to speak truth into our lives. 1 Corinthians 14 says, The one who prophesies, that means just brings God's words into a situation, speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. You know, I need some more of that in my life. I need people seeking God, knowing the Holy Spirit, and they're speaking encouragement to me. And they do regularly. I love this church for that. People come alongside me and speak truth. Number two. Number three, direction. It's a confusing life. What do, you, what do we do? Where do we go? How do I deal with this situation? God has all wisdom and loves to speak direction. Had someone come and speak to me uh, last term. Uh, we were in a prayer gathering, just saying, what do you want prayer about? I said, I've got some issues at work. I'm just trying to unpick. I'm not sure what to do. I just spoke. They spoke about a Frisbee and uh, just about delegation and giving things away. And it just as they get onto the detail of what they felt God was saying, it's really helped me. Gave me some really kind of concrete direction about the way I was going to take things and work things out last term. So I appreciated that. Number four. Helps us see God more and worship Him. When the Holy Spirit comes, do you know it's the Holy Spirit coming? If it's speaking, it's because it points you to God, reveals more about how wonderful He is, and our God is wonderful. It's so easy to get our heads down and forget, think about the fact that life is hard or life is confusing, or think about me, me, me. And the prophetic or people giving words of knowledge or dreams of God or visions of God, they help us lift our eyes to who's on the throne, who's ultimately in charge, who's worthy of our love and adoration and causes worship to kind kind of burst forth. And you and me, we were made for worship. That was the purpose of our lives. And anything that helps us do it, well, amen, more of that. And you can be that in your household. Our households get busy. Our households get confusing. We can get our heads down or things can get mixed and muddled or just boring sometimes. Inviting God in says, God, we want more of you. We want to lift our heads that we will be worshipping household. Are you in a worshipping household? Maybe you're in a household where you're the only Christian. You think, how do I work this out? So you know what? You can still be a voice of God. You can still speak about what God is saying to you, to other people. Now you've got to be careful how some of your language. You don't want to freak people out. You've got to give a bit of, kind of, bit of a, a, a explanation around it. I find that the Bible is really helpful for that. Hey, I'm just reading the Bible. This is what I feel like God's been saying to me about out of this ancient book. You know, it might sound a bit funny to people, but we know that God uses his words to speak into people's lives. You never know how it's going to land. Uh, number five, helps us to expect more. When I read about great saints, great men and women of the faith down through the centuries, 
Often they do great exploits for God. Why? Because they heard the voice of God. Whether that be some kind of impression, God's shown something or they've seen something in the Word. They suddenly thought, here's my life going this way. And suddenly God breaks in, God speaks, and they attempt great things for Him. And expect great things from Him. Are you expecting great things from God? Are you attempting great things from God right now? Or maybe come and ask Him to speak to you. Say, God, I I want my life to count for something more than this. Help me to expect more by me hearing your voice more. Number six, we need God's voice to be louder than the voice of the world. All week long. We come here on a Sunday morning just for a couple of hours. And it's great just to immerse ourselves in songs that speak truth and words that are speaking of truth. And maybe a Christian brother or sister coming alongside speaking truth into your life. But the rest of the week, the world is speaking lies, speaking death over us. And we need each other to speak truth and life to us. And uh, we don't just want it to be a Sunday. We want with our households to encourage an atmosphere where truth is spoken. Have you got Christian brothers and sisters in your life? Do you have a Christian spouse and Christian children? You know, you, let's involve God more in our conversations. I say this before you knowing this is a challenge to me. Thinking, oh, I wish we spoke about God more at home. You know, we have our little time sometimes, that kind of this, this, this thing and the other. But I want it just to be in the rhythm of our conversation of who we are as a people. Seeking God and then speaking out and speaking over one another. Not leaving our training of our children to school or the internet or even to kids' work on a Sunday. But thinking, no, I want to speak truth into my children. I want to know they're one that seeks God, hears his voice, and speaks it to them and over them. I want that for my children, I want that for my wife, I want that for my friends, I want that for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Number seven, our households, our homes are safe spaces to learn how to hear God. I've taught my fair share of people to speak, six of them, in fact. And uh, as I've watched them learn how to speak, we try and create a safe environment. When my kid says lello instead of yellow, I don't go, no, 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 be quiet, don't speak until you've got that perfect. The same with when we're hearing and speaking, learn to speak for God or with with God's help. Actually, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. We're going to have some humility about that. And we're going to learn the next couple of weeks we want to speak in church gatherings. We want that to voice to be speaking to us. We want to speak to the world. And both those things can be a bit scary. But if you start at home in a safe space, that is the right place to do it. My little girl, she still says brescus instead of breakfast. And I'm saying, please let it never change. It's so cute. Uh, but it's going to change. But we don't tell her off it. We just encourage her. We encourage her to keep learning new words, learning how to speak. Let's be, we want households encouraging in terms of hearing God. When someone tries to hear God, sometimes they'll bring something from the Word. I think, I think the Bible's saying this. is like, the Bible definitely isn't saying that. You've got that wrong. But we can say it in love and encouragement. Or, hey, I feel like God's saying this for you. And you're like, yeah, not so much. So the, the, the same guy who told me about the whole Frisbee thing, really helped me with my work. It's the same guy who's just said, I feel like God's saying this thing about chemistry. And he sees this, blah, 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 is all I heard next because I don't know anything about chemistry. He's in chemistry words. I'm like, this is so over my head. I have no idea. I think it's just basic chemistry. I was just really bad at science at school. And I was just like, he goes, did that help? I was like, not so much. <laughs> I think you can just be honest. Those we love in our household, we can be honest. Say, hey, that, that didn't land for me. But the Frisbee thing, you know what? That's really served me. We're learning. 
And it keeps us humble too with our households. People in our households, they don't hold back, don't they, in telling us the truth. Uh, last term, uh, me and my wife were praying and uh, Emma was having kind of a bit of a hard month for various reasons. I just doing that day, I've just been praying, seeking God, and I felt like God would give me something for her. And so at night before we're going to bed, we're both just in bed, and uh, I just I just pray. I said, like, let me pray for you. Let me, I've got a word for you. And so I'm praying, pray, and I've just got this word. I just felt like just Lord upon me, just spoke it over her. And uh, so I said, Amen. She said, Babe, are you, are you asleep? She's like, No, 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 Amen, Amen. I was like, babe, what did I prophesy? She's like, ah, Jesus. I was just like, you aren't even listening. It's a wonderful leveler, doing it with your family. Your family like, yes, that might be so profound for you, oh prophet of our household. But I wanted to be asleep. So that's just life. Doing it in our households just brings some humility. It's not some far of a spiritual thing. No, it's a normal part of our daily life. Working out here how to hear God together. So that's some of the whys. How? How should we hear more of God? Well, the first thing is begin with prayer. We say that about lots of things. But begin by praying. You want God to speak to you? Well, maybe the first thing is to speak to him. Say, God, I want you to speak to me. I'll be living as people with a supernatural vision. Saying, God, I want more of your supernatural presence in my life. I'm going to seek you for it. Do we ask God for prophecies? for words of knowledge for other people, things that God might say to someone? Have you got an expectation to hear from God for other people? Are you being intentional about who you're praying for? Do you pray for the people in your household? No, they're just the people I do life with. I pray for my blessedness, those who I want to see come to know Jesus. You know what? The Bible has a wonderful emphasis on the people who are in your life. Like you want to be kind and generous and loving out there, well, you make sure you start at home. Are you praying for those in your household? Again, speaking to myself as much to you. And when you think of them, are you thinking, hey, what does God want to say to them? PJ Smythe, who's a friend of our church, a leader uh, based in the States currently, he um, spoke about the fact that when, when he felt like God was just putting uh, someone in his mind, or he would just think of someone during the day, and he would just think, God, I want you to use that for me to bless others. And so when he thinks about people, he just texts them. It's something I just started doing. But you know what? I don't know whether this is me, I don't know whether this is God. You know what? I'll text them. Say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Say, anything I can pray for. Or if I know something's going on in life, say, hey, I'm praying for this for you. Anything you want to add. But just, just tuck in there. Hey, but God, is there something you want to specifically say? Is there something I can say encouraging? Is there something I read in your word this morning? Or something I've seen of you recently that I can share with that person? Maybe that'd be helpful, something that's helpful for you. Sometimes uh, I pray, and that's just where it stops. I hear something for them. I just, that's just a source of prayer. Sometimes I feel like I need to share it with them. Number two, build a household where the Spirit is welcome. There's two places in the Bible where it talks about the Holy Spirit being sensitive. Maybe you can go as far as being oversensitive. You can quench the Spirit. It means you can kind of squash and quash the Spirit's work, thinking, but that's God. That's because the Spirit is sensitive. Sensitive to, to how we're working with them. That's why often when it feels like we've sinned, it feels like God's far because actually the, the Spirit, it's, it's half the Spirit to work in our lives when we're embracing sin. Actually, you have to embrace the Holy Spirit. It talks about quenching it. It also talks about grieving it. You can sadden God by the way that we sin. And sometimes we can individualize it. That's about me. 
But also our households. Our households are a place of peace, a place of love, a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome, or a place where the Spirit would love to dwell. Artie Kendall, famous preacher, I once heard him speak about this. And he told a story about a family he knew where they'd moved into a, a couple of he knew who moved into a house and uh, there was a nest in the eaves of the house of some uh, pigeons or doves, something or other. And, um, and they, 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 loved, they loved it, they loved hearing the cooing of these birds. I don't know, in, in, in Brian, it's just like, car, car from the seagulls. But for them, it's the cooing of pigeons or doves, whatever it was. And, uh, but they noticed that when they were a bit out of sorts, when there were some raised voices or some slamming of doors, the birds would fly. They would get startled and would fly away. And this couple just felt good just saying, that's like me and the Holy Spirit. It's hard for the Holy Spirit to nest in when there's strife in our households. And it ought to be those who seek peace with one another. It says elsewhere in the scripture, it says, it says to husbands, you know, make sure you're gentle with your wives so your prayers won't be hindered. There's a link between the way that we treat one another, the way we live with one another, and how uh, we... <laughs> uh, just having some technical difficulties. Um, my notes have just disappeared. Um, what was I saying? So, uh, yes, we can quench the spirit, and the spirit can disappear like that, like that dove and those pigeons. And we want to be those that want the Spirit's presence to dwell with us, that we might hear the voice of God. Who remembers what point I'm on? Wonderful. Okay, so this is going to just take a few moments. It's really good because this is going, this is being videoed and going to all the, and going out the website. Okay, it's going to take a moment. Make it up. Three, number four, what should we say? Can you pass my phone, Emma, please? Thanks. Emma said, do you want me to fill, she, she, do you want Emma to fill in? So, <laughs> don't say that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, here we are. Okay. Jesus, when he came, he came just with love and kindness to us. And we're prophesying to our households, we want to be the same. We want to be gentle like the Spirit is. We want to be sensitive like the Spirit is. I'm saying, bring the word of God into your household. Don't find the most damning verse you can and speak it over and say, tidy your room or thus saith the Lord, the wrath will fall upon you. That is not my encouragement. My encouragement is to be like Jesus, to be loving, to be gentle, to be good to each other. Number three, be filled with the Holy Spirit and going on being filled. May I could have mentioned this at any point during the talk. Do you know our Christian life is one that's meant to be filled with the experience of God? And... Uh, we believe that every person who comes to know Jesus, there is a work of the Spirit going on there. You can't be saved. You can't know Jesus as Lord without that being the case. But also as we read the Scriptures, we see that the Holy Spirit comes upon people in a fresh way that causes them to experience God as well. Have you experienced God? Can you say, yeah, I know a moment in my life where God has been upon me in a way that I can tangibly know it, emotionally, physically, that kind of thing. If you've not, it may be that you've not been filled with the Spirit. And before you can know the prophetic, and before you can hear God and know, become his mouthpiece, as it were, to other people and bring it into your household, you need to know him for yourself. And I ask you this morning, I'd love to encourage you, get someone to pray with you before you leave this morning. Go to our prayer team, or maybe some of you have come and say, Look, pray that I might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number four, there's no junior Holy Spirit. 
this uh, passage in Joel talks about the young and the old, rich and poor, slave and free, male and female. It's a total leveller prophesying the Holy Spirit. It's on all people. It's not junior and seniors. Yes, some people might have a particular prophetic gift. Some of us may have exercised more prophetic. But you know what? God can speak through any of us. Kids can speak to parents. I love it when my kids speak encouragement to me. They come and speak, say, God spoke to me about this. Or I see this in the scriptures, Dad. Elders being blessed and guided by the prophetic gift of others in the church. New believers helping those who've been around a while. I love being in a small group when someone is new to the faith and just asking fresh questions. Man, it does my soul good. As a family, it's the wonderful Holy Spirit dwells in all of us. I love the story of the feeding of the 5,000 where a young boy turns up with his little lunch. So he's just a little boy. No, no, no. He's got today's food for us. Actually, the youngest of us can bring the food for the rest of us. And when I say young, I mean, yes, literally in age. But maybe you're, you're young in faith. I often hear people saying, oh, I've only been around a little while. And what would I know? What would I know? It's like, well, you know God. That'll do. You know God. Somebody around two or three years thinking, oh, I'm just new, I'm just new. I'm like, yeah, but there's someone newer now. Come on. And uh, some of us have been around quite a while. We still think we're new. I think, oh, God doesn't, because doesn't, God doesn't use me. Well, it's not about you. It's about God. Some of us need to grow up into older brothers and sisters and take a bit more responsibility for the household. Oh, is someone going to hear from me? Is someone going to hear from me? No, no. Why don't you hear for other people now? And I find as I'm seeking God for other people, you know what? I get the splashes of it in return. God speaks to me as well. I love when t- Timothy uh, speaks to, uh, sorry, when Paul speaks to Timothy in the Bible, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You can set an example. I love the big Wednesday this week, seeing lots of our young people there. I know many of them had fasted this week and uh, lots of them are praying, getting into God. And it's such an encouragement uh, for me as well. I see in 2, 2 Timothy 2.2 2, that men are meant to get to other men, speak to them into their lives. Titus 2 speaks to women getting to other women's lives. It's been other's lives. Number five, how? Be in the word. Could we say it anymore? Be in God's word. If you want to hear God, you don't think you've heard him for a while, pick up your Bible and read. These are God's words. And as you do, say, God speaks to me as I read this. And he will. That's my testimony year in, year out. I've been reading the Bible every year since I was 12. Many of those years all the way through and just finding riches in it. God's speaking to me. Thinking this is written. I've read it many times, but it's fresh again today and it's helped me. Get into your Bible. Maybe one of your New Year's resolutions was to read the Bible more or be, read it every day. Maybe you've fallen off that wagon. Maybe you've fallen off that horse. Get back on. It's okay. You don't need to do catch up. Just read it again tomorrow. That's okay. Number six, get every day about the whole thing. Let's seek God every day. Emma's really good at this. She's great at taking everyday things and making them into, and seeing what God would say through it. So my kids will roll their eyes. Like, kids, you see that thing on telly we saw today? They're like, here it comes. Here it comes. She's going to tell us something about God. We know it. She's like, oh, you see those spaghetti hoops? They're like, they're like oh, are you kidding, mum? She's just constantly saying, where is God in the everyday? What can I link together that helps us engage with God? It says this in Deuteronomy 6, uh, 5, to 8, 5 to 8. Yeah, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are, are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We're to take these truths, take the things that God has given us and speak about them everywhere, all the time, with all the people. To do this, that means you have to slow down and be ready. Like Samuel last week, he says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Do you do that during your, your day? Do I? Often not. Too busy rushing in from work and doing this, that and the other. Or I'm just a bit too tired. And I've got tons, I mean literally tons of Netflix to catch up on. And the pressures upon my life are big. How could I stay up with the latest? No, but there's things in our lives. And just sometimes you're just apathetic. I grow weary, but God says, no. In every part of your life, be seeking me. Bringing me into your conversation. Number seven, be bold, be humble and get back on the horse. Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Sometimes we're going to feel discouraged. That's not a bad thing. It's okay to get it wrong. It helps us stay humble. We're bringing God's words. We ain't God. And that's good to know that. We want to take risks we've got in this area. It takes a bit of boldness to begin to step out, particularly if you've not done it before. Say, you know what? I feel like God might be saying, I read this in the Bible, I think it might be for you. But you know the worst that happens because someone's going to go, no, I don't think so. It's not going to kill you. Equally, it could really bless them. It doesn't need to be big. Someone recently brought something to Emma, said, oh, I feel like God's saying this, and I've had it for quite a while, but it just seems so simple. And for Emma, it just unlocked some stuff for her. And she's like, I'm really sorry, I should have brought that earlier. She said, hey, don't hold back. Let's take risks. No, no, you know what? You are going to get it wrong, but that's okay. Get back on the horse and go again. Number eight, a little bit more on the how. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I've never done this. What does this look like? What does it look like to know you're kind of hearing God and take it to someone? Let me just give you three ways in which it could look like. First is, as you read the Bible, read it for yourself. But read it saying, God, who else could this be for? And take a, take a verse from it and give it to someone else. Maybe you've read something in your Bible reading this week saying, is there God someone that I can give this to? You know what? And just see what God will do. And you've got to kind of begin to work with the, is that quite right? And so a bit like my kids, when they're learning to speak, they're like, is this how you say brescas? And it's like, hey, the only way you're going to find out is by saying it. Go and find out. And someone say, no, it's not. It's breakfast. And you'll work it out. And so sometimes it's the scripture. Sometimes it's just an impression. So maybe it's something that you feel like, I'm not sure this is my thought, or is this God speaking to me? And I often get a bit, it's like sometimes for people it's a picture, they can see a picture in their head, which you're quite a kind of a visual person, or maybe it's a particular word, or maybe it's a, a feeling, either a physical one or emotional. I think, I think God wants to say something through this. I often have a real sense of God's well done over people. Just, just, a, just, a, just an overwhelming thing. Oh, yeah, I just want to say well done to you. And I, think it's, I think it's God saying that. And I think it's this particular thing. So maybe it's a, a particular impression. Or maybe it's something that you hear. I don't know many people hear the audible voice of God, but some people do. And maybe it's something you'd want to pray for. There's other ways God speaks, sometimes through dreams, sometimes through, through visions, something, some, seeing something literally physically. But just taking that thing and saying, God, are you saying something to this? And having the humility to say, excuse me, I feel like God might be saying. And then tell the person that. And I follow up with the scary questions like, does that mean anything to you? And then we've got to be honest back and say, yeah, or no, but I'm really encouraged that you looked out for me and you felt brave enough to come and talk to me about 
We can encourage that in our spheres, in our home life, in our households. If you want to know more about that, just come and speak to our prayer team. You know, say, hey, I'm, I'm just trying to work out if this is God or not. It's wonderful to be able to, what we say, weigh that together, look at it together and examine it. Is it God speaking? And we know if it's God because, hey, does it point to Jesus? Is it biblical? If not, neither of those things, well, we can chuck it out anyway. But if it does those two things, well, either it's professing it straight from God or, you know what, it's just good anyway. Let me finish by saying this. The way to Jesus is open for us. When Jesus died upon the cross, the curtain in the temple was torn in two. Only the priest could go through that that curtain once a year. And when Jesus died, it says this. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Next verse. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This wonderful symbolic thing. The way to God was made open for me and you. It's a wonderful privilege that we must boldly go through for our own sake, for the sake of others, and for the worship of God. And we're going to take communion now to celebrate that. As you take communion today, you can say, thank you, God, that your bread, uh, that the bread and the wine, your body and your blood was given for me, that I might have a relationship with you. And not just once at the end of my life where I might go to be on the new heavens and new earth with you, but right now that I can have access to you and I could also help others be access to you as well. And ask the man to come up. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll worship and take communion. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a God who speaks. Thank you, you've been speaking this morning to some in this very room. And uh, Lord, I, I just want to pray, God, that you might speak boldness over us. We might be those who take you at your word, might trust you in it and begin to take steps forward in uh, speaking life and truth over one another as you give it to us. And uh, Lord, I want to pray for those who are just starting out on this journey, that you might give them helpful guides to help them in it, Lord God. That we might be an encouragement to one another, that each of us might have a household, whether that's our immediate family or just people you do life with, where your presence is more and more felt in our midst. I want to pray for the person who's first from you as well, that they might begin to hear your voice. They might even pray the brave prayer, God, speak to me. And they would find that you do. And you would bring them to yourself, we pray. In your name, Jesus.